What is sustainability really? We hear it everywhere. Grocery stores, offices, coffee shops, conservationists, waste management firms, and the fuel industry, to name a few, have likely marketed their, quote, sustainable practices at some point or another to you, but what they're talking about isn't always very clear. Americans live in one of the most unique times in the history of humankind in that we have more options for consumer goods than some folks will have in several lifetimes. And while that's probably manageable from an economic standpoint in the meantime, can we keep that kind of culture going into the distant future? And if so, what kind of future does that lead us to? Will society function the same way, or will the decisions we make today harm our future lives somehow? And what about the effect those things have on climate change? Maybe a deeper, more intriguing concern is the concept of how topics like environmental justice, racial diversity, innovation, international trade laws, clothing manufacturing, schools, and yes, politics play into what makes a culture sustain itself. Now, each of these concepts are important in their own right, and I could probably make an entire series dedicated to each of those things, and I probably will at some point. But since our community is something we have exposure to every single day, I say we start there. To help me kick off this first ever episode of the Sustainable Culture Podcast, I could think of no one better than my good friend, Tyler C. Tyler's no stranger to the world of independent media. In fact, he's the host of two of his own projects, the Community Experiment Podcast and the online platform Dopio Gang. He's been pretty busy in recent months, too. His most recent ventures include organizing and hosting a local panel on sustainability in the coffee industry, which I was honored to have spoken at, and he even gave a TED Talk at the TEDx here last month. So, now that I've fluffed things up a bit and successfully put tons of pressure on Tyler and his credentials, let's get into it. Community Experiment Podcast is a podcast here in Coeur d'Alene. I absolutely love the fact Thanks, that you man. even do anything related to talking to people in the community. It's such a rad little podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you should. For those of us who don't know, what exactly is uh, the Community Experiment Podcast? What's your goal with it? The Community Experiment is kind of like the larger entity with the entire, I guess, vision or mindset behind the podcast or the project, I should say, is the idea that we all learn from stories. Um, and in a community, I believe that our stories and different types of stories can strengthen the community around us. So the more diverse stories that we learn from, the stronger this community will be. And so my goal with the Community Experiment podcast is bringing on different folks to just tell their stories because they're, I, don't, I don't know every single person who's in Coeur d'Alene, but in my community, there are a lot of different people who do a lot of different things. And so I believe that the more people that I can bring on uh, with different types of stories, whether that be different trades or different backgrounds, um, the more 
the people who listen to it can be exposed to different stories. So whether that be my nieces and nephews in Louisville, Kentucky, listening to the podcasts or my podcasters, <laughs> podcasts or my family in Ohio or my family here in Coeur d'Alene, like I really have this belief that, and, I, and that comes from my parents putting me around different types of people and just the idea that I, I had the luxury. When I look at my demographic, mm-hmm. black men of my age, one, most of my friends didn't have a father, and two, most of my friends grew up around people who looked like them. And so the fact that I was placed around people who didn't look like me and, and I was essentially forced now I appreciate it but I was forced as a, as a parenting style for my parents to learn from other cultures stories I feel like I'm able to coexist with a bunch of different type of people because of those experiences mm-hmm. and that's the same mindset that I've, I've brought into or that I've tried to bring into the community experiment whether it's me interviewing people from a church or people from um, you know the coffee shop world or people from my uh, family in Louisville or other podcasters from around the nation um, I think my goal is always to present stories that expand other people's minds. Part of the Community Experiment podcast is you really delve into the community and you get individual stories. Mm-hmm. Have you felt, um, you know, you lived in Kansas City before here, have you felt, you know, a certain community vibe from Coeur d'Alene that's noticeably different from that of Kansas City? And, yeah. and how is it different? Yeah, and I, and I think too because it's like a smaller pond. Um, oh, for sure. I, I think that in Kansas City, because they're and a lot of, uh, it's just who I am. I talk about race a lot, so. Well, it's modern day America. <laughs> it is modern day America. If we're not talking about race, I don't. Yeah. There's a big, very important conversation <laughs> missing from society. Well, and well, it's just that in Coeur d'Alene, like there's this stigma, right? And then, right. And but what we don't understand is that like. There's not a lot of like racial tension in Coeur d'Alene because there isn't a lot of racial diversity. But when I go to a bigger city, like you feel this almost like oppression come over you as as you interact with people. It's just a different attitude. Like I, I feel like I'm privileged as a black man to live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho because Coeur d'Alene wants so bad to not fit the stigma that it has. I mean, you know, Coeur d'Alene's a really white place. Yeah. And, and it's hard to... It's hard to not see that when you visit here. Yeah. Because you don't feel diversity when you come here. Yeah, I think that... Um, At least not as a tourist. Yeah, I, I think that... I think it's hard. I, I feel like we have the opportunity... So, there's two different things. There, yeah. in my, Because I'm somewhat of a skeptic, I think the word is, based on the the wounds of my life, I yeah. would say that we would like it to be less diverse, but I don't know if that's from the reality of not knowing what this place would look like if it were more diverse, but we have the opportunity as this city grows to embrace diversity in a healthy way, mm-hmm. opposed to... Like from the, from the ground up. From the ground up. We have the ability to actually like learn from other people's stories and to respect other people's stories as our city grows and becomes more diverse. Mm. 
opposed to being born into a city that's already diverse and there's already this history of racial tension, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So right now, because there isn't a lot of racial tension, we get to slowly grow into this diverse, both culturally and racially, area that knows how to respect other people's and other cultures, or I should say other races' stories, but that won't happen unless we actually start with other cultures. So if we don't if we don't start in this city by saying, I'm a liberal, you're you're conservative, but we can both respect each other's points of views without cussing each other out. Or we can we can look at a situation or we can look at an issue and say, you have a valid point coming from your conservative mind, there's a position if there's a can of oranges in the middle of this table and we say the, we have to get those oranges open, there might be one side of the table that says we need to get it open this way, the other side of the table that says we might need to get it open this way. But if we can come together and say, okay, I know that you are saying we need to use a can opener, but I think we should use a knife. Maybe you should just add a sharper edge to the can opener so it can be faster, mm-hmm. which is essentially basically like you're essentially using both sides of the table to come up with a more efficient system. Yeah. Opposed to one of the Thinking outside the box, working on solutions. Right. If, if Practicing if, democracy. If we don't practice that now, then when you add race to that, there will be so many just un there's like a lot of when you add a race to to me it's like a a really loud horrible annoying sound in the background that nobody can ignore mm-hmm. but some people choose to try you know what i mean yeah opposed to actually like seeing the beauty of different ethnicities you could say it's the elephant in the room but i would say it's the elephant in the room that won't stop talking yeah, most definitely. And the only way to, I think the only way to get that to stop talking is to appreciate the stories. Yeah. That, I think to that's, take part in it. And, yeah. And really just lit. And, and not to cancel them out. Like you don't, you don't, right. the, the idea of like cultural and racial diversity isn't that you, that we all become one thing. It's that we all embrace each other's stories. Right. Because that's what, that's what we've tried to do in America is to, like become Americans opposed to Asian Americans or African Americans or Irish Americans or Norwegian Americans. Like there is something about each one of those cultures that if we would have actually brought them into, if we would have brought some of their traditions into the quote unquote American culture or American politics Made or American, yeah, the, the, the idea of waste, like how many cultures don't waste anything? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, why haven't we learned from our Native American brothers and sisters who tried not to waste anything from the land and to respect the the creation? Or, you know what I mean? Like, there are so many cultures around the world who have immigrated to this land that those stories have been lost in the, in the goal to become a part of the American system. And I don't know if the American system is the most healthy system to try to become a part of, opposed to, like identifying as your traditional ethnic background and bringing the traditions to the pot to really help the soup taste better. Or why don't we make our own? You know, I think it's important to identify, not just identify, but I think it's really important Mm -hmm. as a starting point, a foundational starting point to 
figure out what your culture is, where you come from, your mm-hmm. background, and really identify with that in your own way that everybody does. Mm-hmm. But I think on top of that, especially as young people in today's America, mm-hmm. there's a lot of culture that we do need to start as a new thing that hasn't been yet because mm-hmm. we live in an age that is different than literally any other time in history. And so I, I think that while we're listening to stories and while we're embracing other stories and things Mm -hmm. like that you know to build off of what you said let's use this as an opportunity to to really while we're finding out what people's stories are Mm -hmm. this is our opportunity to kind of bring that stuff in you know that is the point that's the point of this podcast that is the point of this discussion Mm -hmm. is to try and understand where do people come from Mm -hmm. In, in all their various cultures and backgrounds and ethnicities and, and what have you. Yeah. But what is going on there that works, mm. that will at least perceivably work into the indefinite future? Mm-hmm. And what can we do here in Coeur d'Alene to, if not mimic it, at least be inspired by that and really yeah. keep Coeur d'Alene as this hub of, you know, we have a lot of innovation here and we have a lot of, there's a lot of engineering firms moving into town. There's a lot of potential in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. And now's our time. Yeah. I think America has had this history of being innovative in regards to, um, like, engineering and, like, actual physical, like, economics or innovative economical change. But I think that oh, yeah. in Coeur d'Alene we have the opportunity to make both. And I, and I think that's in, in regards to politics, a lot of times you see those split into two different sides. You see money or economic innovations or efficiencies, and then you see social innovation and, and efficiencies. And I think in Coeur d'Alene we have the opportunity to grow both of those at the same time in a healthy way. But it's going to, just like building any muscle, it's, it's going to hurt. Thanks again for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about a great opportunity to get involved here in the Coeur community. I'm organizing a trash pickup event on March 9th in just a few weeks. Now the snowstorm dumped on us way harder than I anticipated, so this date may well be pushed back. But either way, check out the details on the Sustainable Culture Facebook event page where I'll be sharing updates on the event. With that said, let's get back into the discussion where Tyler and I dig into his second project, Dopio Gang. Dopio gang, I yeah, man. obviously, you know, I'm not going to pretend I've not involved, I've not been involved in some of Dopio gang's dastardly activities, but Dash. I have. <laughs> so, Dopio gang um, is sort of this pet project yeah. of Tyler's. Talk a bit about that. So, Dopio gang, so I have ADHD, and um, <laughs> I. Uh, I'm not laughing at you having ADHD. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. And then there was like a silence, like, wait, are you laughing at No, 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 no. Tyler just looked at me with a deadly glare. (laughs) No, 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 no. No one will ever see. Yeah, that's great. Um, So I have ADHD, and I believe that Adderall almost made me kill myself. And so um, I, I, uh, I stopped taking Adderall because I was very unhealthy. But I understand that stimulants to a certain degree have helped my brain get things done. And so I have this connect, in the same way that I have a connection to the earth, I have this connection with coffee that may be self-imposed, you know, there's a hundred different 
philosophies behind your connections with things? I saw it happening because at the time, of course, I worked in different cafes in the area. Mm -hmm. And watching that happen was really cool because Dopio Gang added this online sort of connectedness that the area didn't have. Mm that I feel like Dopio Gang kind of helped with. You had people come up and they wanted to write blogs. What kind of attention have you gotten, if any, from local businesses and you know different baristas or entrepreneurs in the area through Dopio Gang? Yeah, I, like well, and I think it goes back to like this community being very open with like positivity. Like I, I think that people understood that I wasn't trying to like start this online platform to like be a culture vulture of the coffee community like I, I legitimately love coffee and to a certain degree like coffee is just as much my medication as my toes in soil you know what I mean so I have this like I think people have I would hope that people have seen like the true connection that I have with coffee and my desire to grow with that and because of that I feel like people have been very like open to Dopio Gain now there has been like the coffee culture for a long time was like this oh with anything with a niche crowd like specialty yeah. coffee is very niche it's very niche and so like yeah. there's this kind of like do you real are is, are you doing this because latte art is cool right now on instagram or are you doing this because you you know what i mean like there i definitely think there was this healthy skepticism do you even spro like <laughs> well and too like the fact that i'm not a coffee professional in a time where knowing your craft and it was just this there's just this weird kind of like we don't know where to place you anytime like mm -hmm. there's this entity that you don't know what to do with them yeah. there is this like there there's an opportunity for skepticism there is definitely this sort of uh protective atmosphere that yeah. baristas in the specialty industry get mm -hmm. because um, people in that industry do work hard for the skills they get yeah. but unfortunately there's this sort of attitude that uh, can generate sometimes from that and that's which, which, which I get see. it's the same I, I feel like it's the same heart posture that I have when I see the resort in a commercial that they have playing rap music and hitting the nene Mm. As a black man who loves hip hop, culture, it's not very inclusive. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't want you to use my culture for your yeah. monetary gain. And so I understand right, right. where, like, because like the idea, shout out Dame Dash, the idea of a culture vulture is a real thing. Like there are people oh. out there who are literally using their coffee social media to make money and specifically to make money and to me that's I shouldn't say it's disgusting it's just not like where my heart is like I legitimately see a, a entire population of people who drink coffee mm -hmm. but who have no idea where that coffee comes from how that coffee is made the effects of that coffee being made or being grown in a weird way or in a, I shouldn't say weird, in a um, not eco-friendly way or eco-harmful eco way and what that does to the population where that coffee comes from. As a black man, like, I have entire, there's an entire group of my family who drinks coffee. And like I said, we've been drinking coffee for generations upon generations, but we have no connection to African like like where that coffee comes from and where we come from. There's a lot of specialty coffee shops where I was talking about the farmed cup, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, and yeah. there's this focus about really focusing on the farmers, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. 
but it's amazing how f- how few times I've been able to really bring that kind of thing up to your casual coffee drinker and mm-hmm. have that kind of a discussion right. about, you know, hey, let's talk about the people in Ethiopia that prepared this coffee yeah. and how much work that was yeah. to prepare this cup that just happens to only be $2 for you, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. It's a, it's, it's a big point, and to bring it back full circle again, into sustainable culture, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we talk about making a culture sustainable. Thinking this way is, as we've talked about before, mm-hmm. um, with, you know, with the sustainable uh, uh, culture uh, panel discussion, which we will talk about in just a minute, cool. but the, the big thing is, is thinking in a different way, mm-hmm. changing the way that you completely think about purchasing products. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's one thing that Dopio Gang really um, helped me think of personally, mm-hmm. um, watching that concern, just that extra bit of concern. Yeah. We're not even talking about waste, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you hear the word sustainability and it's often talked in, you know, with in regard to throwing things away in a different way and recycling mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But a sustainable culture is one that thinks about other cultures, not just to benefit their own culture, but to yeah. actually learn from them and to hear their stories. And yeah. that's why I wanted to talk to you so badly, because you have this overarching theme among your online presence, mm-hmm. um, presences, that is focused around telling other people's stories for the benefit of all of us. And that's yeah. what I think is amazing. Well, and even to bring it back to like how the feeling that I've gotten from the coffee culture in this area, like I, I feel like coffee companies in this area have, they understand that about Dopio Gang to the point where like, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but just the whole idea of like, whether it's like latte art competitions or brewing competition, whatever that is, like there for a while, I was the guy who was filming it and mm-hmm. like, you know, just making clips of it. And it was like a, um, thing to think of where there's going to be a Dopio gang like there's going to be some short Dopio gang clips and photos after every latte art competition mm-hmm. that you can be able to see and it's like almost to the point where it's like the ESPN of like coffee competitions in this area and, and I love that I wish there was an ESPN for that coffee we, com- that's, that's what I want Dopio gang to be you know? <laughs> that's what we need America <laughs> I need a sponsor Yeah, <laughs> so I can do it full time but yeah. um, and so I can have like other creatives who can oh. help me with that but if I had resources man, Tyler, that's I'd the goal sponsor, is to like be... full on like be I'd a be media platform dude oh. um, but anyways like like it's been cool to see coffee, co- coffee companies say Tyler you are welcome to come to our competition and um, shoot video, shoot photography, whatever it is, and put that on your on your on your social media or put that wherever. And at the same time, like now, I'm being asked to like, yo, would you want to be a judge at a latte art competition? And it's which is hard because in the realm of like trying to be more about sustainability, and then for a while, it's just like I'm I'm I don't know that I can with my conviction that I have right now. I don't know if it's appropriate for me to like push latte art competitions you bring up a perfect point because through dopio gang as i understand it Mm -hmm. um, since you started dopio gang and it was probably a thought in some to some extent before that i'm sure Mm -hmm. in in your life but through dopio gang that really got you into sustainability 100 percent yeah so explain what that process was like and some of the things that you really noticed through that journey what got you to you know like you said you started dopio gang for a while you were the guy taking the fancy pictures and really doing that kind of thing but, not too fancy but yeah <laughs> uh, but you yeah tell us about what that journey was like i mean when you started to let's just say all the way up to the point to where you were like 
we're going to do a sustainable culture yeah. discussion panel in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, so um, I would say for me personally, my journey into like an eco-conscious or um, just wanting to learn more about what it looks like to have a mindset of sustainability, mm-hmm. like that started with Ty. Ty reached out to me and said, hey, what would you think about me writing an article for the blog about sustainability in coffee and at that point I was just like yo I'm just trying to do drinks like I don't I don't really know anything about sustainability like I just want my uncle in Ohio or in Louisville Kentucky to know what it means to go into a coffee shop and order a traditional macchiato and really understand what you're getting when you're getting a traditional macchiato and what that looks like as far as just what it's supposed to taste like Mm -hmm. the different types of coffee that come from that and then uh, maybe like Something like six months ago, um, I don't even remember what it was, but the idea of a panel discussion came... Oh, I remember what it was. Um, So, have you ever heard of the chocolate barista? Yeah. Michelle. uh, Absolutely. uh, uh, I think her last name is Johnson. Yep. So, she had a panel called Black Coffee, and in that panel, one of the baristas from New York said, if we continue with the way that we are right now in the coffee industry... We will not be able to sustain this culture for the next, I think they said, 10 years or something like that, uh, which I'm misquoting them terribly, and I apologize. Well, I know of the report that you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't remember the time frame either, but it was it was something vast, you know, drastically short. Yeah, it was scary, and I think that what that's what really got me thinking about, like, wait, what does this look like? Another piece of that, though, was... Kyle Seeger, I believe his last name is. Siegel. Yeah, from uh, Roast House in Spokane. Yeah. Posted this picture one day that said, like, before your, before you post a picture of this amazing latte art, comp- uh, this amazing latte art, make sure that that espresso is extracted with the attention that you put on creating these beautiful pictures. So when are you gonna run for mayor? Never. I think there are people who are way more uh, <laughs> equipped to do that. But I do think I, 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 my dad was a mayor of a city, and he like ran into like he. My dad's goal was to mentor people. Like that. Right. Like, that was my dad's. My dad passed away like in October of last year, I believe. And like his goal in life was to like mentor people, and he yeah. was a mayor of a, of our little city where I grew up, and like. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, he he knew so many people, and he affected so many people's lives with his story, and he exposed us to so many different types of stories, and that's my goal, is to, like, continue on and building those bridges of, like, learning from... That's, like, the beauty of Coeur d'Alene, like, what you just said, like, the idea that, respectfully, I can come with a different opinion, and we can still be friends, even though we have a different opinion, and both of those opinions have perspectives that could change the way that we all live, and that can make us more eco-friendly, that can make us live in a more sustainable culture, that can make us more friendlier culture, like, there are all of these points, and there are all these, like... Um, sides to our story that if brought together respectfully um, could change the way that we live in society. Changing the way we see our society is not easy because it involves changing the way we think. Tyler's method of learning through stories is a tried and true method that has brought humans together for millennia. In this age of social media, it's up to us to break out of the isolation, to remember the human experience, and to use it to help us to build a longer lasting future together. 
Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you liked what you heard, like the episode and share with your friends. You can find the Sustainable Culture Podcast on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for Sustainable Culture Podcast. Join me next week when we discuss how buying clothes with the right mindset can affect different cultures around the world. I'm Josh McLaughlin. I'll see you next time.